Thanks for making Locked On Sabres and Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres and John Chick from Locked On Rangers. We're doing a crossover. It seems appropriate, John. These two teams play each other tonight. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Joe. You know, we've done a couple of these in the past. I know we've uh, previously talked about hypothetical Jack Eichel trade packages. Of course, <laughs> that's the trade that's never going to happen now. But uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure doing these crossover episodes. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, this game here between the Rangers and the Sabres. Definitely. So Friday night at seven o'clock. Um, I've got odds up on that game that we can talk about a little bit. We're going to kind of go through both teams and how their seasons have gone so far. We're almost going to kind of interview each other. I mean, that's, 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 that's the crossover. We'll take turns going back and forth for both of our listeners. Um, not, uh, not nothing Jack Eichel really to talk about, but I know you wanted to talk about it. So you want to get that out of the way first? Probably seems, seems. Yeah, I I figure, uh, you know, we've both actually spent a lot of time, you especially, you know, talking about the idea of Jack Eichel maybe coming to the Rangers. Of course, he's instead traded to the Vegas Golden Knights, but to just kind of put a bow on this thing once and for all. You know, and I'll just kind of remind everybody listening, I'm sure Sabres fans know, but it ends up being Jack Eichel and a third rounder going to Vegas for Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and a first rounder and a second rounder. Uh, Joe, do you think that was fair? Do you think the Sabres got more than they could have hoped for? Was it not enough? I mean, just give me a feel once and for all uh, how how the Sabres ended up doing here with this trade. I gave them, at the time, I think I gave them a B, and now I'd probably give them a B a B maybe I'd be fading a little bit more towards a B minus. Um, it's not the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Like if I'm going to give them anything for that, it's not the Ryan O'Reilly trade where they were unable to get a team's best prospect. In fact, they, in the O'Reilly trade, they were unable to get the team's first, second or third best prospect, which is amazing. Now we're looking back more favorably on that trade because Tage Thompson has suddenly become like a legitimate NHL player. Um, so because they were able to get another team's top prospect in Peyton Krebs, They were able to get the first round pick. And then the cap dump part of it was something that I think we were anticipating the whole off season would be somebody that would just give you provide no value to the long term of this team. Whenever we talked about the ducks, for example, it was always Adam Henrique who's 34 years old. And you know, he's not going to, he's not going to do anything for a team that's rebuilding like the Sabres, Um, the flames, the Flames, whenever we talked about them, how do we make the salary work? Well, we're going to take Milan Lucic back. And same thing, like you're just taking it for the salary. He's not giving you any real value towards your rebuild. But the Sabres were able to get a guy to help even the salary in Alex Tuck while also provide some value going forward because he's only 25 years old. He's also not a crazy high cap hit, $4.5 or whatever he is. And I like the player a lot. I like the player a lot. Like he's not nothing crazy, nothing special. He's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be a superstar. He's going to score 20 goals on your second line, and he's going to stand in front of the net on your power play. But the real meat of the trade is whatever you get out of that first-round pick, and then in reality, the guy that they were chasing was Krebs, who has been ranked as like a top 10, top 15 prospect in the NHL. He's really developed well since his draft year when he went 17th overall for the Golden Knights a couple of years ago. Um, and since he, the Sabres didn't want to rush him up, he's been playing down in the AHL and he's been playing great. He's got like seven points his last three games. He looks like a guy that belongs in the NHL right now, but the Sabres don't feel any need to have him be sitting on a, on a last place team. Uh, cause that's probably what they're going to end up being around at the course of the year. So with all that being said, somewhere between a B minus and a B, if I were grading their paper, I was a teacher, I'd be giving them like an 83, I think on it at this point. 
Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And, um, you know, I think an underrated aspect of this trade, too, and a reason why it was good for Buffalo, uh, just the very simple fact that they don't have to retain any of Eichel's salary because, you know, you go through all these mm. different trade hypotheticals, whether it's the Rangers or the Knights or the Flames or the Ducks or wherever he was going to end up going. And there's all this talk about, well, the Sabres can maybe pay part of his salary. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, but I don't think the Sabres are in a position where they want to be paying somebody money to not play for them. I mean, no, that's right. Yeah, and so, yeah. Some of that is personal. I think a little of that is absolutely personal because that could have helped facilitate a trade, but there's two different ways of looking at it. One is, yes, you don't want to be maintaining or uh, retaining salary because there's still six years left on that contract. Like six years from now, you want to be paying multiple millions of dollars to a player that hasn't been on your team in six years. Uh, that doesn't sound all that, that interesting. And I think a lot of it was personal. Like the more and more we went about this process, I blame the Pagulas, Kevin Adams, the Sabres front office. I criticize them heavily for the idea that you made this personal because he didn't want out because he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild and you took it out on him via the surgery. That's more and more. That's what it sounded like is the reason they gave him such a hard time on the surgery and just refused to let him get the one that he wanted was because they were PO'd at him because he didn't want to be a part of this rebuild. And in my eyes, I think, how could you blame him? He, he's six years into his career. He He's going nowhere, and you want you want you think he's going to be sold on, well, we're going to go to the bottom for two more years, and we'll come out of it in three years and maybe be good? By that time, he's 28, 29 years old. His prime is, almost, is half over, and his career is half over. How could you possibly think he was going to be on board with that? But... The money part of it, I'm okay with it. If, if you wanted to make that personal, that you didn't want to pay him for that, that I'm okay with. The, my bigger issue was taking out on him and his with his health and the surgery that he wanted to to, to get elected. So, um, how by the way, for Ranger fans and for you, like, does that feel? Did that look like a trade where after the fact you were thinking, yeah, we could have topped that. Like, that's the trade. That's all I it mean took. Maybe a little bit, but I think the biggest concern for myself and I think from a lot of Ranger fans as well is taking on that contract. I mean, $10 million, that's no joke. I understand he's a heck of a player, but he does have the neck issue. And, you know, the Rangers, I think they're in a spot right now where they're so young and they've got so many guys that they've drafted that are homegrown. Eventually, these guys are going to need to get paid. I mean, we saw them do a long-term extension with both Adam Fox and uh, Mika Zibanejad in the offseason. I'm not so sure you can extend Mika Zibanejad if you also bring in Jack Eichel and we, I mean, look, Eichel's a heck of a player, but Mika's been with the Rangers and we've seen him, you know, produce under the bright lights of Madison square garden and all that good stuff. He's played a, a handful of playoff series with the Rangers as well. So uh, I was okay with the Rangers passing on it. And again, it's, it's not that I wouldn't want Eichel on the Rangers who wouldn't want Jack Eichel. You know I mean? He's a tremendously talented player, but I, I just think that that cap hit was just going to be a little bit too much is probably what, how the Rangers looked at it. Um, and I, yeah. I figure, you know, we can keep talking about this in a second, Joe, but first, uh, we can just let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all your holiday shoppers. You friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a 
few built bars into those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on built bar puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And uh, Joe, would you like to tell all of the listeners yes. in... Re- yeah, yeah, you're up, um, man. Uh, Stance, Stance Apparel. Yeah, it's holiday it season. Is. You might be shopping for... Uh, whether it be uh, socks or they got cool, unique design socks on there, um, underwear, hoodies, joggers, T-shirts. They got everything you want. Uh, founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of the pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and you'll get 15% off your purchase. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less life less ordinary with stance. Jody Biasi and John Chick here on a crossover edition of the Locked On Sabres and Locked On Rangers podcast. Um, all right, you want to get into the, the Rangers season a little bit? If you've Heard me unlocked on NHL at all this year. I, may, I haven't talked about that much, so it's e- easy to miss because it's only been a couple times. I've been critical of the Rangers this season, but it's always been couched with I understand how they're winning. But whenever I watch them and whenever I look at the underlying numbers, John, and you tell me if you think this is wrong, I see them getting outplayed a lot. Like when, And then when I wa- look at the expected goals for, when I look at shot attempts, when I look at the high-danger scoring chance totals, they're always near the bottom of the league, but where are they number one, like in net? And I don't know—is oh, that yeah. how their season's gone to you? Is it—is it Shesterkin has kind of put them on their back and said, "I got this. We're going to be a playoff team." See, for the first half of the season, I believe the Rangers have played like—I don't even know how many games. Like it, we're getting into the twenties now, though, and we're past the quarter mark of the season. For the first half of this season, I would definitely agree with everything you just said. There, I think there was certainly an over reliance on Igor Shesterkin to more or less just save their bacon every single night. I mean, they were winning some games at the beginning of the season that I will tell you, Joe, they had zero business winning. Uh, There was one in particular that really stood out in Toronto. I don't know if I've ever seen the Rangers get outplayed so badly in a game and still end up with a win. They they win that game two to one in overtime, uh, just a wild three on three overtime period. But Igor Shesterkin was absolutely sensational and really the only reason that they even got to, to overtime, much less actually won the game. I do think recently, though, and, you know, of course, they've now won 11 of their last 13 despite this most recent loss to the Avalanche. I do feel like the rest of the team has kind of caught up a little bit. You've seen guys kind of rounding into form, uh, playing to the back of their hockey card, so to speak. Uh, Artemi Panarin looks like he's an MVP form. Adam Fox, I mean, he'll be right there in the the Norris Trophy mix as the season progresses. And this has become a more physical team, and that was kind of their MO uh, going into this offseason. They really wanted to to load up on guys that brought size, toughness, physicality, grittiness. You know, use whichever adjective you want to use. But, Joe, you know the kind of players I'm describing there. And I think they've done that, and I think it's been a really nice compliment to the skill players that they already uh, had in place there. And the fact that Chris Kreider is having this out-of-nowhere career season by all measures, 
that's fantastic as well. It was hard to see that coming. He's somebody that is a good player, but consistently inconsistent over the years. And uh, they're getting a heck of a lot out of him right now. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I do think the rest of the team is kind of caught up to Igor a little bit as the season has progressed here. And yeah, so Kreider, by the way, I didn't even realize this. He's third in the NHL in goals right now uh, with 17. He's tied with Austin Matthews. Um, and I, so I mentioned that they've been lagging behind in like the, the, the like some of the advanced metrics um, expected goals for, and like this actually maybe like, I'm glad you mentioned how much better they've been lately. Cause I just been looking at like, okay, they're 24th on the season and expected goals for, and that kind of matches how I looked at them earlier in the year. But when you said that, I'm like, all right, let me look first month of the season versus the second month of the season, first month of the season. And this is only looking at expected goals for, and there was like a million other metrics. They were second last in the NHL. Only Chicago was worse. The last month of the season, they're eighth. They're eighth in the NHL. So that kind of matches what you just kind of went through, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, a big part of that too, I think, is the power play has finally stepped it up. Um, you know, when you can roll out a first power play unit of Panarin and Zabanajad and Strom and Kreider and Fox, you should be scoring some goals. Yeah. You know, and and at the beginning of the season, I was only half joking on my show when I mentioned that, you know, I, I think the only way this team can score on the power play right now is a Kreider tipping goal. He's got a ton of those <laughs> to start the season. I mean, of the 17, I would bet probably 12 of them are tipping goals right in front of the net there. And a lot of them are on the power play as well. Um, So that they've kind of rounded into form in that area of the game. And like I said, guys just kind of um, rounding into form. But, you know, even though they were winning kind of ugly at the start of the season, I do think there's something to be said for just finding a way to get it done. And yeah, they relied on Igor Shesterkin a lot. But as we all know, you know, the, the goalie is the most important position out there. And, yeah. um, you know, Ranger fans don't have to apologize for having a great goalie on our team. You know, he keyed a lot of those yeah. wins and, you know, we're glad that we have him. Uh, but Joe, I did want to ask about the Sabres as well, because, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were pretty competitive, you know, kind of uh, middle of the road as far as the standings. And obviously they've been scuffling a little bit lately. Um, is there anything you can point to anything they've gotten away from here that, you know, they were doing a little bit better at the start of the season when they were winning some games and they're just kind of tailing off there now? Is there anything that you can kind I of mean, put your finger on? Yeah. It, it really, I mean, the number one thing, really everything has kind of come back down to earth a lot because the first, especially the first like three weeks of the season, they were good. They were winning and they were doing it legitimately. Like when you compared how they were playing in the first three weeks of this season to that 10 game win streak they had three years ago that launched them to first place in the NHL, it was two completely different ways. Like this year, they were legitimately outplaying teams. Whereas that win streak three years ago, they were just kind of grinding it out. They were getting to overtime. They were getting to shootouts. They were scoring on the power play. Um, but the, at five on five, they hadn't been that strong a team. This year, that was different. Five on five, they were crushing teams the first couple of weeks of the season. And I think in the back of every Sabre fan's head, they knew that wasn't going to last. Now, maybe we thought that when the regression came, that the middle ground would be a little bit better than it's been because they have gone from looking like a playoff team to we were hoping they'd be like a playoff bubble team, maybe at best. And now they look like the worst team in hockey. Um, and some of that is in net. And th that's really kind of out of their control because the guys that they started the season with, like they were doing good. They were doing fine. Like Craig Anderson, I know he's 40 years old and he didn't hardly played last year. He was playing, he was dynamite in the first month of the season for the Sabres, and he's injured and it's lingering. And with him being as old as he is, I'm not sure he comes back. Like his career might be over for him. Think about it. If you're Craig Anderson, you, by the way, had already retired. Like the Capitals had announced it before the Sabres drew you out 
And I would imagine, by the way, the only reason that happened was how'd they sell him on it? Craig, you come in here. You're going to be our starting goalie for the first 50 games of the season. You're probably going to, if you play even decent, you're going to get traded to a contender for a fifth round pick that we're going to get. So you're going to give us a goalie just to get through the season. We'll get us some mid-round pick for you. And you can go sit on the bench and take one last chance at a Stanley Cup. But now think of it. He can't get healthy. The injury is lingering. And nobody's trading for him at this state. So it's like, at this point, like, what's the point? What are you coming back to? You're coming back to a last place team. Like, go home. Go, go, go home. Go to the beach. You know, yeah. go go to Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know. Enjoy um, the fruits of your labor there, you right. know. So yeah. him missing and not really seemingly coming back anytime soon, they haven't been able to replace him. Because Dustin Tokarski, who hasn't been an NHL goaltender in seven years, he was playing way above his pay grade as their starting goalie. Now he's on the COVID list, so he's not even in there. Aaron Dell, who hasn't been an NHL goaltender in three years, he does not belong in the league. They don't want to bring up Uka Pekalukinen, their star goalie prospect, because he's playing, he's playing in Rochester. Um, so they trade for Malcolm, Sub- Malcolm Subban. Again, just like a guy to get them through, because they're letting in like seven goals a night. That's not an exaggeration. They've lost seven to four three times in the last two weeks. Like that exact score. They've lost seven to four. Wow. So it's like, yeah. all right, let's bring in Malcolm Subban. We, just need, we need anybody. We need an NHL goaltender on any level. He comes in, plays two periods, looks all right, and gets hurt. And he's out. And we're back to Aaron Dell. So well, I would say what's the, the biggest reason that they have kind of tanked way down the standings, they can't win games, is they legitimately don't have an NHL goaltender on the roster right now. Yeah, I, I was looking at the stats earlier today, and of course, I was actually going to ask you about the Malcolm Subban trade. I think that pretty much covers it, but it's just crazy that, you know, again, barely a quarter of the way into the season, we've already seen five different goalies uh, step yeah. between the pipes for the Sabres. That, that's that's just wild. Um, you know, and I, I figure I got to get your opinion on the whole Jacob Truba situation because I figure you're kind of an, an impartial party here. But uh, first, yep. let's tell everybody about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And uh, Joe, as I mentioned just a second ago, man, I, again, you know, you're you're an impartial party. You're a good person to talk to about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Truba has been uh, getting some attention, going viral, so to speak, for these these two uh, bone jarring hits that he's put on uh, Kyra of the Blackhawks, and then of course McKinnon of the uh, avalanche uh, your thoughts on these hits. Cause it, it's generating a lot of attention right now. So the, the Cairo one, like it's such a bad result. Like he's hospitalized over it. He's like, he, he's out cold right away. Um, now I don't know. And the other one was on McKinnon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that I saw in both hits um, was that the guy kind of had his head down. He's got his elbow tucked in. So elbowing's not a problem. He doesn't launch, especially on the McKinnon one. His feet don't leave the the ice. Now, there's head contact on both. There's more so, I think, with Kyra than McKinnon. Um, I mean, those are just plays that I think are kind of going to happen in the sport. I don't know how you you take those out. It's a bad result. And you know what? Because you want guys to be extra careful, I'm okay with giving them a penalty. 
on plays like that. Um, the Kyra one, I I don't know. I was gonna say I wonder if you spend him for one game just because of the result, but I don't want I don't want to be I don't want the league to act that way. And the McKinnon one, absolutely not. The McKinnon one to me is like he he the original contact. I'm even watching it right now. The original contact that he he makes with McKinnon, he's like he's center of the chest. Like that's just him being tall. Yeah, that's him just being <laughs> being tall. So I don't know what you want him to do. Um, so again, a bad result, and I'm okay with giving penalties on those plays. But I would I don't think either one are suspendable in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I, I try to be as unbiased as I possibly can. You know, I try to think like, okay, well, if somebody on the Blackhawks did this to somebody on the Rangers or somebody on the Avs did this to the Rangers, how would I feel about this? Would I be yelling for a suspension? I honestly don't think that I would. Um, again, they're, they're clean, good, hard hockey hits. It looks like it's pretty much shoulder to chest on both of them. Uh, I will say this, and it's a point that I made last night talking to the, the Locked on Avalanche guys. Um, I also don't have an issue with the Blackhawks then challenging Truba to fight and then the Avalanche doing the sure. same thing because um, that's just kind of the code of hockey right now. That's how it goes in this league where if you yeah. lay somebody out and they're getting stretchered off or you you lay a big hit on the star player like yeah. McKinnon is, you're probably going to be a marked man for the rest of that game at the very least, if not the rest of the season, you know, if those two teams play each other again. So uh, I'm fine with that. And it's kind of interesting because I, I saw this stat today. Jacob Truba two straight games with the Gordie Howe hat trick, and I think that's only the that's only the second that's time ever that's ever happened in the history of hockey. So that's pretty wild. Who was the other one? Do you do you know who the other person was? That oh did man, it? I had it in my phone. Let me see if I can. Pull I it up know. I I I'm ninety nine percent sure it wasn't Gordie Howe because I think Gordie Howe only had like three in his entire career. No, uh, it wasn't. It was um Doug Reesbro of okay. the Montreal Canadiens in February of nineteen seventy five, the fifteenth and the sixteenth. Not, not a clue. Never heard yeah, that no. name in my entire life. Um, I might I, it up now. <laughs> I've got one more Rangers question for you, and it does sure. tie into the Sabres. Um, because he was mentioned like th- like two weeks ago by Elliot Friedman, and we talked about him a couple of times last year on our podcast when the Sabres were looking for a goalie, not just for right now, but for years down the road, and that's Alex Georgiev. And mm-hmm. I don't think he's on the trade market right now. That's kind of what Friedman uh, said a couple weeks ago, is that, his name's been out there before, and he wouldn't be surprised if other teams were checking in on him, but he'd be surprised if the Rangers did that, given that, that you know there was a different circumstance. Before, when his name was out there, they still had Henrik Lundqvist, I think. Um, but at the same time, like th- by the way, he was mentioning him in terms of the Sabres, because the Sabres need a guy to play games, um, and that's Alex Georgiev, the, the netminder. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, like two questions. One, is he available at all? I'm guessing the answer to that is no. And then two, like, has he just been bad? Because I think the the statistical difference between Shesterkin and Georgiev, I'd have to look league-wide, but to have a five percentage point difference in save percentage from one goalie to the next, especially at five-on-five five, like those two have, like, I don't think you see that in the league ever to see a difference like that when they're playing behind the same team. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare for sure. Um, as, as far as whether or not he'd be available, I don't think he's untouchable or anything like that. Uh, right. He is an impending restricted free agent, and I get the feeling that the Rangers, um, you know, just kind of preparing for the future and guys that they're going to have to give new contracts to, I get the feeling they might look to deal Alex Georgiev in the offseason and then just go with a really cheap veteran backup uh, goalie for Igor Shosturkin, uh, at least for next season. Um, and as far as him maybe being dealt this season, the Rangers do have... Keith Kincaid in the minors, and I believe he was caught up today because Igor Shesterkin's dealing with an injury right now, and Adam Huska was sent down. Um, so 
I wouldn't say that he's completely untouchable. And if you're the Sabres, I mean, you know more about their depth chart and what's coming along in the pipeline better than I do with, with Buffalo. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a goalie. He's young enough. I think he's like 24 years old, maybe 25. And, you know, you could probably have him for not a whole lot, maybe worth a little bit of a roll of the dice, especially when you consider that you probably wouldn't have yeah. to shell out a ton of money to him. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as him being traded, his name, and I think Philip Heedle's name probably come up as much as any other player on the New York <laughs> Rangers. Um, certainly they're not going to force it. They're not going to force a trade and, and, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. But I think certainly if the Sabres or anybody else comes calling, they would at least listen and, uh, you know, entertain the idea. And, uh, I'm sorry, Joe, what was the second part of your question there? Um, no, I think you covered it. Oh, Did like I? just okay. has, has the num the, do the numbers match? Um, just how bad they look. Like the, yeah, no, um, play so match the numbers, I guess. Yorgiev had a couple of really rough games early in the season. And considering the fact that he's played so sparingly, because Igor's really been the workhorse when he's been healthy, um, you know how it is, man. You, you get shelled a couple of times early in the season as a goalie. It's going to take a long time for that goals against to kind of drop back down. I think, uh, you know, since Igor's been hurt, Yorgiev's actually played pretty well. He came in in relief and a one nothing game against the Sharks, helped the Rangers get a combined shutout there, and then uh, has played pretty well in the two subsequent games. He he beat the Blackhawks twice and I believe gave up two okay. goals in each of those games. So uh, he's actually played pretty well recently and he's a decent goalie. Um, but again, I just don't know. He doesn't strike me as like a Ranger for life, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does yeah. he start tomorrow or um, Friday night? We're recording this Thursday night. Does he record or start against uh, the Sabres Friday? Yeah, um, Igor is eligible to come off the IL for this game. This is the first game he's eligible to do so, but I haven't really heard that that's going to be happening. And I would just imagine that, you know, given Adam Huska just got lit up against the Avalanche and got sent back down to the minors, I'm sure if Igor's not available, it, it would definitely be Alex Georgiev. Um, right. I, I did have one other question for you about the Sabres as well. Um, sure. J Jeff Skinner, you know, he's got something of an albatross of a contract there. He is playing a little bit better this season. I mean, you know, at this point, if you're the Sabres, do you just have to kind of keep your fingers crossed and hope that this guy figures it out and hope that he at least gets close to playing like a $9 million a year player? Or is there any hope of maybe trading him? You eat some salary. I mean, what, what's the thought process there? What do, what do you do with Jeff Skinner? I don't think trading, trading him is anywhere near the realm of possibility. One, right. because I think the contract is completely untradeable. Um, and two, he's kind of, well, actually, maybe there's three reasons. Two, he's well-liked. I mean, the fans love him, which is, it is, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. A guy that everyone, everyone in the fan base, like, would tell you, even the, his his most diehard fans would tell you, oh, yeah, he's overpaid. Like, no doubt about it. I mean, he's he's making twice what he should probably be getting. Um, But he's still beloved. I think it's just, like, his his personality, like, he really gets along well with the fan base. He's involved in the community. Um, I think he really got the benefit of the doubt, and there was, like, a whole dust-up, and not even dust-up. He just got in Ralph Kruger's doghouse last year and the year before. And everyone was like, why? Like you signed him when you were coach, you knew what player you were getting. You're mad at him because he's not good in the defensive zone. Have you watched Jeff Skinner his entire career? Um, so I think he got the benefit of the doubt because he was completely misused for a year and a half, two years with Ralph Kruger as their head coach. Actually, I went through, um, I could find it real quick. I went through and looked at Skinner's stats on the Sabres um, under each head coach. He's had three head coaches for the Sabres, uh, Phil Housley, then Ralph Kruger, and then following that, Don Granado. And I got it here. Phil Housley, 82 games played the whole season, 40 goals, 63 points. So 0.76 points per game. Yep. Don Granado, in the last 49 games, this has been, this is dated a little bit. He has a couple more goals since then. 
13 goals, 13 assists, and 49 games played. So just over uh, 0.52 points per game. So about a 50-point pace, give or take. And then under Kruger, 84 games played, 16 goals, 10 assists, 26 points. Basically half the production of even Granado and almost a third of the production under Housley. So he got a lot of benefit of the doubt under that. So all of that to say, he's well-liked. He's well-liked. He got the benefit of the doubt. The third thing, though, is they need the money. They are, they'd be well below the salary cap floor without his contract. So then maybe that's part of the reason why he's, no one's getting on him for the contract is fans recognize, media recognize, the team recognizes that, yeah, he's overpaid, but we got to give the money to somebody because otherwise we'll be below the cap floor. So we might as well give it to the guy that we like. Now, in terms of whether they'll ever see value on that contract, I do believe he's much better than what he has showed in the last, you know, 50, 60 games because he still generates chances the same at the same level that he was before. But his ice time went down three minutes per night. His power play minutes went away. And again, most of that is Kruger. Um, and now that they're starting to bounce back up, like you're seeing the production start to climb a little bit. The scoring chances are still right there with where they were even in the prime of his career. Um, so I guess all of that in, in, in one summarized point is that, yes, he's overpaid, but he's well-liked, and I think he's a better player than his numbers over the last two years have showed. And I think that as he, as he continues in his Sabres career, he'll be back to what he always has been, like a 30-goal scorer that gets you 50, 60 points. And what is that? He's probably like a six, he's probably a five, five and a half million dollar player that's getting paid nine. So that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that sounds about right. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And, uh, you know, I figure it's a ton of fun as always here, Joe, but I figure we might as well wrap up. Uh, yep. Do you want to toss out a prediction for this game? I mean, a final score, somebody to, to get a goal for the Sabres, anything you want to toss out there? I'm looking at, let's see, the betting line right now is the Sabres are plus 145. So they are, they're home. I mean, they're an underdog, but they're not a huge underdog. Um, I would like, if I were going to make a bet on this game, I think I would probably go Sabres, uh, because I'm getting, I'm getting the, the odds in my favor, but if I'm just picking the game outright, I would pick the Rangers to win this game and the way the Sabres have been giving up goals as of late. Um, I think Lukanen will be their goalie between the pipes. So that could go either way. He was good against the ducks, but he's been kind of up and down in the AHL. So I'll go something like five to three in favor of the Rangers. I see a high-scoring game. If you want to make a bet, maybe pick the over. It's six goals. You need to yeah. get at least six yeah. goals total. I, I would go over, and I would say probably like five to three in favor of the Rangers. It's funny. I had the uh, exact same score written down here, five to three right. Rangers. I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, for, well, for starters, I, I think that's a great call, uh, taking the over. There's no Igor Shesterkin, and, you know, I, I think there could be some goals in this game. And the last time these two teams played each other, I believe the Rangers won five to four. So, and the other reason I like the Rangers to, to come out, you know, strong in this one and, and get a nice win is they, anytime they've played poorly this season, they tend to come back with a really strong performance in the next game. And I, I like that to continue here. They've, um, you know, had at least a day off, you know, Thursday off to, to recharge their batteries a little bit after playing a back to back. So yeah, I think five to three sounds just about right to me. All right. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I think we covered it all right. I think we're probably I think good. So, to wrap here. Yeah. All right. Good. Good as always to talk to you, John. Absolutely, Joe. We'll uh, we'll do this again a bit later this season for sure.
Definitely. Want to follow us on Twitter? I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. John is at JCheckCHIK17 on Twitter. Um, and this has been fun. This has been a Locked On Sabres and Locked On Rangers crossover edition. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.